What's up, Wisconsin? Welcome back to the Inside Wisconsin Show here on YouTube. Click subscribe, and wherever you listen to podcasts, click download and follow. Trevor Thomas, John Anderson, Jay, this is this is a fun episode, man. Let's get after some uh, cocktails and glasses of wine, shall we? Right. I just, I, I, you know, I always make kind of notes in my sheet. I just put, hey, look, it's the liquor show. Um, <laughs> um, but it's fascinating, I think, because uh, I tell people all the time, right? We are... In addition, I make jokes about bubblers, if you're going to alliterate. Like, we're a beer and brandy state, for the most part. I get that some people will uh, adjust the whiskey they want in their old-fashioned, but most people, right, it's brandy old-fashioned. That's, like, without saying. And you drink beer, you know, you know, like, I get that there are microbreweries. I prefer Miller Lite. I like the guy that has the shirt that says, we spill more than you make. Uh, so, uh, but you know what? There's, I've been to liquor stores. And there's more than just the beer and the brandy shelf. And these people are helping to, you know, to stock those places. And the idea is they're made in Wisconsin. So obviously Miller Lite made in Wisconsin, founded here in Wisconsin and Milwaukee, which by the way, if we ever connect with the master brewer of Miller, we've reached out, we've attempted to get in connection with those guys. They're fairly busy. Those guys and gals, if we ever do, that's a whole show because we got some things. Yeah. See, and I thought, wait, didn't we do the master brewer? Pat Murphy loved the show. He was great. (laughs) <laughs> uh, apparently I was misguided wrong and I, you yeah, know, that's, why, that's, that's why we have each other so that we can kind of keep ourselves, you know, straight and narrow, or if there's an interpretation that may have been incorrect, uh, that's, Master you know, Brewer, that's, uh, that is certainly one. I'm looking forward to watching that come together, which I would love to watch Miller like get brewed or at least mixed. But anyway, we reached out to Miller. Uh, we're working on that. However, this episode's all about other types of uh things that adults yeah. drink here in wisconsin that are made in wisconsin that are founded in wisconsin we have a, a cocktail in a can that was founded here in wisconsin and it's mm, it's cocktail. pretty big cocktails and then we Even have bigger ton, tons of winery right uh tons of wineries tons of wine being produced tons of grapes being grown that's something that not a lot of people think about when they think of harsh wisconsin winters is growing grapes or other types of fruit trees so we cover a lot of ground and it's a great conversation you will connect with it if you too are what do we call it? Uh, uh, an alcohol consultant. No, uh, if you are one, if you fit in one of these three categories, if you are a, a alcohol enthusiast, enthusiast, okay, or a drinking consultant, drinking, or maybe a beverage counselor. <laughs> and uh, my favorite part too, which I never thought, if you're a seller rat, which I just thought, you know, those were really bad. Oh teams that are in last place but apparently it has again more more than one meaning a lot of a lot of stuff cooking and a lot of stuff brewing and fermenting we're going to get after it here this is the uh, mixology episode liquor and wine edition of the inside wisconsin show here we go cheers the inside wisconsin show is brought to you by american family insurance aaron's company lane's farm and fleet capital credit union festival foods quick trip miller light North Star Mohican Casino Resort, and the University of Wisconsin Platteville. Hey, remember to subscribe on YouTube, leave a review, smash the like button, just get with us. J.A., look, look, it took just over 70 episodes. My guy Jake's got a flannel on. We got another guy in flannel. Thank you. I'm going to have to get you one of these, buddy, because, yeah, yeah you're you the flannel guy, and I, I love flannel. So. Yes. Jake See, from I, Forgotten I, Fire Winery. He's the winemaker. We got a winemaker on the show now. All right, Jake. 
Well, first I thought it was just like a tablecloth, but if that counts, uh, <laughs> and I'm trying to think of the name of the winery, is it Forgotten Fire? It's not big enough. I can barely yeah. tell. Is that, I, I've I'm, got it. I'm having what a hard got time it? reading it. Like right here. Yeah, I can't here. read your cap. I get Joe. I get teased a lot. I only own logo wear, so like I'm at funerals and my black shirts have Forgotten Fire, and it's wear a vest. This is the first show I've seen uh, that our boy here doesn't have an inside the Wisconsin show logo. So I'm not really sure why he's, he's not representing the brand either today, but what can it's I embroidered say? on his underwear? He's keeping it under. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, I feel like I've forgotten Wisconsin grew grapes. Like, uh, like we grow cranberries and I love, I love cherries and we got a lot of apple. What do you mean? We grow grapes. Yep. Yep. And there's a, there's a decent amount of really nice ones too. And, um, so like our winery, we, we were kind of know we didn't do any Wisconsin growing grapes for the first handful of years. And uh, we just picked up some new owners a couple of years ago. And yeah, because there's so many of these great grape growers in Wisconsin, we started adding to our portfolio of Wisconsin grown grapes. Um, and we just added one called Baco Noir, which is, I believe, the only grown uh, crop in Wisconsin right now of that particular varietal. Isn't Baco isn't that the isn't that the Packers tackle that's always hurt? <laughs> <laughs> I think we've got a label coming with like a injured knee on the. On the yeah, side I can't believe that. like that guy. I mean, I know he was good, but I didn't know he had a wine named after him. That's fantastic, oh. the Bakhtiari or whatever that is. <laughs> yeah, and he chugs wine, not beer. This this other guy that you're thinking of, he he, he chugs wine. Yeah, that's right, him. Yeah, I might be confused. All right, so 13 years ago, Forgotten Fire Winery started. But let's be honest, Jake, like there are a plethora of wineries in Wisconsin. So you, J John mentioned we grow grapes here, right? What else yeah. is it, though, about Wisconsin that does wine so well? I think it's because we're all what I like to call alcohol enthusiasts. We just we like we like the social lubricant. You know what I mean? It's such uh, it's such a good social thing. And, you know, like because we like our beers, we like our old fashions and our um, brandies. And uh, yeah, and fruit wines are, are really big in Wisconsin. That's kind of like we, we say around here, like fruit wines keep the lights on and then we go and win awards with our reds and whites. So I'm writing down alcohol enthusiasts. That's right up there with... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I went, I was in Ireland once and there was a big bar and it just said Kylie's corner drinking consultants. And I thought, Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> oh, oh, I, oh yeah. I might steal that. Yeah. yeah. We're not bartenders. We're drinking consultants. We're just drinking we're consultants. Um, I'm yeah. Stealing that. Sorry. As it works through. Yeah. I think of like, uh, I think of cherry wine. I go to door County, this channel. Like, I don't think I would risk that. And I had, you know, my grandfather, he was like, I make a great dandelion wine. And I'm like, to what run your mower like i'm not sure i'd take that either um how do i get over that you know california grows wine and right like how do i get to wisconsin as a wine i should try um well you know and so this is one of the kind of the other things is like in beverage is there's so many avenues you can go and like you know someone can be a really big wine enthusiast and they're only scratching the surface um, so what I always recommend to people is like come to the wineries of Wisconsin and do tastings um, and try several and especially ones that maybe are outside of your comfort zone. Uh, so like normally people that go dry or sweet. So like if you know you like dry ones, you kind of stay in the dry area. If you know you like fruit wines and sweets, moscatos and things, you stay in the sweet. Um, but I always when I'm doing them at other places, like I'll do one or two that I don't normally even like. So it's like if if I don't like let's just say Merlot, I like, I'm going to try one at every place I go just to make sure that I really don't 
like it. And maybe they, there's that one that you do like. So like I'll tell people, they say, you know, your tastes change as you get older. And I kind of disagree with that. I think you just haven't drank enough. <laughs> so I think uh, you might have liked Merlot all along if you had that one early on. You just took you a while to get there. IPAs were like that for me. I didn't think I liked IPAs until I started having better IPAs. So, How does a guy become a winemaker? Do you just taste a lot and go, you know what, I'm into this. Let's do this for a living. Again, it was I just am an alcohol enthusiast. And so, like, I came uh, – I'm from Marinette where the winery's at. Um, we're in the town of Peshko, but we're Marinette. And um, I came back home after the Navy, and um, I did construction growing up. So I went back to my roots to keep the bills paid, and I actually built the winery. So I was part of the crew that built the original building and the first edition. And uh, the original owner, Joe, who's a mutual friend, uh, plucked me off of the trusses and said, hey, come drink this wine. And I was like, man, this is good. If you ever need help, let me know. And so I'd help him out his first year as part-time, and then I was his apprentice uh, for a year, he pulled me off the crew, and uh, about a year into my apprenticeship with him, his appendix burst during a harvest, and he was in a hospital bed and just kind of gave me the old, uh, you're the head winemaker now, and I just took it and ran. I've won several international awards now, and yeah, I guess there was just a knack for it, you know? So I, I feel like if you were sitting down in front of the boss and they're like, where do you see yourself five years from now when you're building the winery? <laughs> Head winemaker probably wasn't in that wasn't no. in that no. interview. But it's funny because you say apprenticeship and we think of, you know, electricians have and like, what is the apprenticeship involved there? Because I feel like not a lot of us come with sort of even a, a, a low bar of winemaking <laughs> um, notions when we start. It's a lot of cleaning. So like in beverage, sanitations, everything. So like you're a cellar rat your first couple months and you're just cleaning tanks and, you know, making sure you're practicing good sanitation processes. And then you learn a little bit more as you go along. And, and, and really in uh, even in beer making, wine making and distilling, like the core of it, the foundations are fairly simple. And then if you can understand that, it's real easy to branch out and kind of understand the rest of it, having a good foundation. So I was fortunate. And I uh, had a good teacher and just learned those foundations that sunk in. It just clicked for me. Um, and then, yeah, just I guess I just fell into it. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like there might be things that you need to have that sort of are like anything. If you're if you're a, a, a sprinter, that you have to have some God-given speed. Like, do you have to have sort of a, a palette for this that that is that just fits you that maybe – I don't have or Trevor doesn't have or somebody else on your construction crew didn't have that you're born with some sort of gift that helps you be good at that? I will, I will say like the number one thing, and I tell people this all the time, it's it's such a dad preachy thing, but like have a good work ethic because you, you'll excel in anything if you have a, a decent work ethic. And, and I guess uh, Joe saw that in me and brought me in. But as far as the palette goes, yeah, there's people who are just naturally good. And then it is something you can develop though. It's definitely something you can improve on. Um, but like, I think for like the world-class, uh, like sprinters, like you were saying, like they actually have a legit God-given talent that mm -hmm. they can, you know, branch off of, uh, you know, I, I'll probably never have as good of a palate as some of the best sommeliers, but I've got enough to, uh, to get me through, I guess. And there's a certain way you're supposed to taste wine and then you spit wine sometimes. Maybe the question is, how are you not hammered all day every day? Like, how do you do this? 
<laughs> we do a lot of quality control um, okay. is what we like to call it. Yeah. And um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, man, we do drink a lot. I'm trying to like make that sound <laughs> not, not, not so bad. Well, but what's the uh, like, there's got to be a way, right? I mean, how do you, oh, I mean, yeah, how that's do right. You quality control your product. What's it about? So, you know, you like, and you use a lot of research and like, know, like, hey, what, what are we looking for when we say we want to do a wine a certain way? We say, you know, hey, this is what we're looking for. So, like, the yeast strains that you're using can dictate what you're looking for. Um, but I actually kind of buck the, uh, the system when they're like, you should taste like this or you have to taste like that. I don't think that's necessarily true because I always tell people, I'm like, taste it how you would drink it at home. Like, if you're a swirler, and taking your time and you know you do the this kind of slurping which aerates it you do all that and you're going to do that at home do that in the tasting room because that'll you know keep the the same but if you're just going to have drinks at a bonfire with wine you don't have to do you know all the aeration techniques and uh and those kind of things either it's we we kind of always say like at the end of the day it's alcohol like we can relax a little bit i know wine has a bit of a um a history of barrier to entry and they and people will come in and they're afraid they're going to do it wrong it's like you can't do it wrong you know it's it's personal it's a very personal beverage is personal you can't tell somebody um you're not tasting you know tannins or you're not tasting cherries it's like no that's what they taste you know you can't tell them they're wrong so no wrong answers in wine yeah i i don't get buttery i don't get oak i don't get all these things i try really hard for my wife's sake who loves it and i just can't we went to some tasting one time and the guy's pouring he's like look at the was it the veins or something when they the come legs down the yeah, yeah. I'm like, what are you talking about dude how do you can't you just go ahead and just fire it back yes you, know? you can we're pro that yeah you know by the way we need to get churches back on board because they just go grape juice. I don't know what the deal is here, oh. but they are they are really hurting you guys. <laughs> just, we have like, not my church. Is it? Yeah. The, you uh, do? Yeah, Mah Mahogan David? Mo Mogan Hagen? Yeah, Mogan David. David. Mogan yeah, David. David. Yeah, Mogan David. What are you drinking, MD 2020? Yeah, Mogan, Mogan David. David might, yeah. You know, Mad Dog up there at the riser? That's <laughs> awesome. The deal. Bring it on. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go to your church. <laughs> exactly <laughs> these people are hurting you so but do you work with do you work with other than sort of even if you're not getting all your grapes from wisconsin do you work with other fruit that we have in the state do you use the cherry somehow do you use the cranberry or an apple to, to yeah cranberries are wisconsin um we get our apples and cherries from sequest orchard up in sister bay um we just started recently working with uh cold country vineyards and we got some wine uh some juice from them so we get juice into the winery and we take mm -hmm. it from juice to bottle. So we don't have the pressing equipment here. Um, we kind of used to joke around that like we're not farmers, we're winemakers. So we leave the farming up to the up to the professionals, and then uh, we take it as juice and then uh, bring it all the way to bottle. Um, so yeah, so we've just started adding some uh, Wisconsin grown grapes to our portfolio. But yeah, lots of cherries, lots of apple. Uh, we do a Cortland and uh, Honeycrisp blend of apple for our apple wines and ciders. Um, and yeah, we just opened a second location up in Bailey's mm -hmm. Harbor and you're going to start seeing a lot more Wisconsin wines at that location and a couple here at Forgotten Fire. So I can, I've added, I don't know, I'll, I'll probably have 50 wines to the, to the list by the end of but, next year. 
Listen, that makes sense. When I go to a nice restaurant, I don't assume that the chef is the guy who is also, you know, working the field. You know, some they have those now. You can get those like farm to table. The butchers are the are the chefs. Those are pretty popular. And God bless those guys. I'm I mean, like they know their product inside and out. Um, you know, and the growers who are winemakers, they are very knowledgeable. They'll know more than I probably ever will. So they're always great to pick their brains. Um, but yeah, that's just I there's there's too much rolling around in here for Listen, for that. I fight with those people out here all the time now, especially New England. Like that's the New England, the New York thing is the real trendy. Oh, we have farm to table. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was born in Iowa. I got all relatives there in Wisconsin. Every meal you eat at a restaurant is farm to table. It's not like <laughs> that's not new. <laughs> like I hate to say, it, but if you go to Applebee's or Chili's, that's still started on a farm. Okay, it's not as sexy, and they're not charging as much. But it's all kind of farm to table from where I come from. But you're going to get a lab grown meat restaurant now, and it's going to be lab to table. So where you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. lab grown Angus comes yeah. out here. <laughs> what do your What do your Navy buddies say that you were like? Oh yeah, sure. Gunner's mate and and winemaker. That goes like. Are they ever like? Huh. They're like. They're like. Of course you were. They, they know me. They've seen me at my worst. They're like. Oh, that makes sense. So. <laughs> that maths. That maths. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes we find our calling, and sometimes our calling finds us. That's what it is, you know. And um, yeah, and like I said, we uh, and I'm just such an enthusiast. I can. I could see myself. We make a root beer here, so like I do uh, some non-alcoholic stuff too. We do a lemon lime soda root beer. Um, I learned how to make hard cider, which is pretty much like carbonated wine. It's low alcohol carbonated uh, apple wine. Um, I've I've picked my uh, brewing buddies' brains a couple times. I'm like, ah, that's too many steps having to cook it down. And um, but I could see a distillery in the future. I, I always hit the new Ooh. bosses up. All, I hit them up all the time. I was like, you know. <laughs> you know, it's one it's one more step after wine. I could I could do a brandy. It would be really fun. So. When I hear you say non-alcoholic, I'm, my brain hears mixer. But I, you know, that's <laughs> so that's what the lemon lime soda I started making it for is is for making old fashions. And the root beer is great with uh, Captain. That tastes like a root beer float. So. <laughs> thirsty, thirsty. Yeah. You, know? you mentioned that you guys just opened a spot in Bailey's Harbor, which is great because yeah. there were not enough wineries in Door County. So God bless you guys <laughs> for putting one more up there that we couldn't possibly do. <laughs> well, Bailey's is on the lakeside. There's not as many on the lakeside. It is, so, yeah. we, you know, we're on that. The peninsula is five miles wide, but by all means, the lakeside <laughs> needed more. Like, but the other- to, like, what what is it about Door County that has so many wines? Some of them go by the latitude and the longitude, and then there's Wineries down in southeast Wisconsin. There's one in my hometown of Jefferson now. You talked about what it is about Wisconsin, but specifically, why Door County? Is it just a tourist thing, to be honest? I think it, that's how it started. You know what I mean? Like when you're getting that kind of traffic, how do you not put something that's going to see two million people in two months? You know, it's just following that traffic. You know, I think if there were two million people driving through Marinette every summer, you'd see more. You know, we'd get that more. And it's gorgeous up there. I mean, you know, it's hard to beat some of those views. So, yeah, it's funny though, Trev. You hit on a really, uh, I think, kind of a curious and humorous thing. You get the you get the bay side and the lake side, and you would think they are right, like California and and Florida, or the you know. And I, when I was training for the New York Marathon, and I didn't run a bunch, 
you know, I'd run 10, 12 miles, but I'm like, wait a minute. I, I was over in Ellison Bay and now on the other side, like, and I still got to go back and I'm like, I'm not even done with my run yet. So yeah, it, it's, it is odd how that. <laughs> it's comes. not, it's not a 10 K to go from Bay to Lake. <laughs> it's about that. Really? Like that's all yeah, it is. Right. that would be yeah. great. Maybe we come up with that. The forgotten fire, Bay to Lake, the five, uh, 10 K. Yeah. Lake fire, 10 K. I am not a runner. I always said in the Navy, like when they had to do the running, the run test, the PT test, I'm like, can I shoot it? Cause if something, I'm not running, I'm not running away from anything. I'm going to shoot it. If I can't shoot it, it's going to win. And we don't need to run two miles. Mm -hmm. It's fine. Can we shoot it? Can I shoot it? Um. <laughs> so we're sitting here and I, I get you say you're not out on the farm, but you, you obviously have to know, you know, the product, how it goes. Like, tell, what are the challenges that Wisconsin winters present to your business? So, and that's where like, so the grape varietals that grow in Wisconsin are vastly different than your California and, you know, your mm -hmm. European and South American and stuff like that. So ours are a real cold, hearty grape, just like the people. Um, so you get a little bit more um, jamminess to your grape, your, your finished product. You get a little bit more herbaceousness sometimes. Um, but there's people who look for that too. And that's where um, there's always a, a a niche for each each thing you know you'll have people that they don't like uh the california varietals they don't like cabs and merlots and mm -hmm. chardonnays they like those uh prairie fume the um bacchanoirs the marichal fauches and they like those cold hardy grapes so um you know they've spent a lot of time figuring out what grape varietals will grow in wisconsin and i'm sure someday they're gonna have uh with all the hybridization you can do uh they're gonna have several grape varietals that are very similar um if not not being able to tell the difference then to your cabs and stuff like that eventually mm -hmm. i'm sure and there's something though about the wine industry where the juice has to be good let's be honest you pop the top or on you pull the cork out it has to be good but the outside matters too right the labeling matters and obviously the name so let's cover that ground your name is unique and i'm not talking about jake i'm talking about forgotten fire wine <laughs> forgotten fire, so tell us yeah. the story uh, so yeah, so if people don't know, and I, I've heard that there's been some curriculums in Wisconsin that still talk about the Peshigo fire. So the Peshigo fire in 1871, I believe it's October 8th, um, was the same day as the Chicago fire. Um, but in Northeast Wisconsin, it was more devastating. It killed more people, just like millions of acres. Um, but in 1871 national news is newspapers. No one's picking up Northeast Wisconsin's fire when there was a smaller fire in Chicago and like a building or two, you know, um, it was, it was, I, I found out that wasn't that big of a fire in Chicago, um, but it just got blown up as because it's Chicago. Um, so we've always been known as the forgotten fire um, because we were the worst fire, uh, worst forest fire in U S history, uh, but no one knows us. So interesting. That's how did we got jump, fire. Did it somehow jump to Door County? I know that sounds it, stupid, but it I think it did. did. went across so the water. It, so yeah. it originated in Peshigo. So like growing up, I didn't grow up in Peshigo, like, but like six miles down the road. And so you thought, oh, the Peshigo fire. Well, the fire wasn't where I grew up. And then I saw the outline. I was like, oh, yeah, everything was on fire. And there were tornadoes going on. And so the tornadoes were sending embers across the bay and setting fire to Door County. Um, so, yeah, a bunch of Door County got set on fire. There's actually a miracle spot. I believe it was a church and there was this like one acre patch surrounded by the church that didn't go up in flames and everything else around it did. And I believe that's recognized as a miracle spot too. Oh. 
And then it didn't have a catchy song like Mrs. O'Leary's cow, who was in the shed and the cow kicks it over. And now, you know, maybe that's what we, you know, it's too late now. It's 150 years. I don't know that we yeah. can get back in the game on that. Um, I think ours was kind of boring. It was just a bunch of, it was a logging community. So it was a bunch, it was a dry, really dry summer and dry fall. And it was just, you know, they didn't practice. They didn't have Smokey the Bear. So there were fires everywhere and it just kind of went up like a tinderbox. So. Uh, long as you say dry and the whole thing, like, um, if I give you a grape that is whatever, pick a standard grape, I don't know, but can you tell just by the size of it, putting in your mouth, if it's come from a wet season, a dry season, can you pinpoint kind of where it's at? Like how good are you? At, I sure am at- not. No, no, <laughs> no, no. That guy like said, that's definitely more than like the grower side. Those guys are pretty great. They probably could let you know um, mm-hmm. and pick up some of that. Um, but it does, like you said, if they had a dry summer or wet summer, that does change what you're going to have from year to year. That's why you always hear people say like, oh, that was the uh, uh, 2017 uh, Cabernet mm-hmm. from Forgotten Fire. That was my favorite one. And it's like, well, why is it different? It's like, well, we're a harvest dependent winery, so it's going to be different as you go along where you have like your I'll try not to bad mouth, but like your yellowtails and stuff like that, those are like big mass producing. And there is some like um, not like chemical manipulation. So it tastes mm-hmm. the same every time they want theirs to be, you know, the same every time where ours, you know, it's going to be a little different every year. So if there's one you like, buy it and drink it, you know. So that leads me to where I was going to go. Like, how do we work on consistency when you're at the mercy of a lot of things so I kind of right. I guess if I have a Forgotten Fire X that I like, the, the you know the Forgotten Fire Trevor, mm-hmm. you know, we try to get that as close as you can. But I mean, you're sure. also inherently working against things that that make it hard to do that. And so the best practice that we do for that is you want your you're basically you want the quality to stay the same. So like you're more worried about making sure you're putting out the best quality wine every time. And sometimes the flavor profiles will be a little bit different. You know, you'll, each grape has its standard flavor profile and they don't really deviate a lot from that. But some years like um, it'll be a little more passion fruit or it'll, it'll be a little more lemon zest. And um, and there's there's certain wines um, like our Gewürztraminer. It always has lychee like that's kind of the telltale Gewürztraminer uh, flavor profile is lychee. And um, you almost always can pick that up and then. There's the other ones on top of that. Oh, sometimes it's lychee and lemon. Sometimes it's lychee and rose and things like that. But as long as you can keep your quality up, then you're pretty much good. Mm-hmm. So we joke that we're obviously partial to Miller Lite on this show, but we we also Me understand too. there is something to be said, though, that this is a beer drinking community, right? Like whether it's your light beers or your high lifes that my dad grew up drinking or even the old Milwaukee's best. And then obviously oh, old fashioned. And mixers and all of that happens. And now all of them are in a can and there's margaritas in a can. But there's a lot of people that maybe are scared of wine or haven't tried wine. Or what do you say to the person that is just, I'm going to drink beer. I'm going to have my old fashions and that's it. Because I feel like they're missing out. I really like wine. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, that's a a two-part answer. Like if they just really don't like where they're like, no, I just like beer. Then I say, drink a Wisconsin beer. That's, that's usually my go-to answer. Like buy, buy a local craft, find a local craft one. And if you don't like the crafty beers, then like you said, drink, drink Miller Lite. It's a Wisconsin product, but 
Um, I always tell them like, come to a sampling. Uh, if I can't get you to at least tolerate a cider or a wine, um, then you probably really don't like, and that's, and that happens. You know, I, I just had a gallon the other day. She only likes our cranberry wine and that's like, all she'll drink. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> she walked out with four more bottles. I said, thanks for the job security. I appreciate, appreciate. it. So, yeah. Um, how labor intensive is this whole thing? Because I feel like, like growing a grape is tough. Like that's not easy, but when it gets to you, um, like I said, I had a grandfather who'd made it in his basement. So that would lend me to believe that it maybe isn't super hard. Uh, but if I want to make it really good, it feels like it's hard. And then yet once it's done, I got to just go let it sit for a while and don't do anything to it. So, you know, like is how, how labor intensive is this process? Um, you know, it, that's a, that's a tough question too, because there it's a lot of ups and downs. So like we, we do filter our wines through, um, uh, four different filtrations, of course, medium, fine. And then, um, uh, uh, 0.45 micron before bottling. Um, so while the pump's running and while it's filtering, you know, you're, there's a lot of like checking Facebook and just monitoring gauges and making sure everything's going good. Um, but then once that's all done filtering, then you got to clean, you got to sanitize, climb in the tanks. Yeah. I, my big self gets right into the tanks and start scrubbing. Not so much anymore. Uh, I have an apprentice now, my nephew, uh, who was cutting the grass for us for a couple of years is now my, uh, he's nine, by the way, he's nine, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's 19. So, okay. yeah, Good. yeah. Good. yeah. So, uh, so, and he's a great worker, so I don't have to climb in the tanks as much anymore. I can send him in there with a scrub brush and, uh, he has to do all the, the grunt work. And then while I'm doing the paperwork side, which is my least favorite, I would almost rather be climbing in the tank sometimes, but, um, so yeah, so the cleaning and the sanitizing is really like the labor intensive part of it um, because yeah, you can't have any little bits and pieces from each batch going into the next one. You get some pretty funky stuff. Yeah. Um, and then bottling, we, we bottle everything ourselves. So um, setting up the bottling line, uh, having a little bit of a mechanical background, uh, working on the larger gun systems in the Navy, the gearing and things like that. Um, I can tweak our bottling line and when it breaks down, I'm not totally clueless. There's still some stuff that's being held together by binder twine and duct tape, but you know, it works. So all this filtration, are you saying people don't like a good pulpy wine? You know, it's starting to become a little bit more popular, especially in Europe. Really? They, they don't huh. like, cause I actually had a, I had a convention. A guy was selling us a clarifying agent and uh, I think he was, I think he was from Italy or Spain. And uh, he was like, I don't know why the heck you Americans uh, need to clarify your wines. It doesn't do anything. It's just a, a, it's a look thing. It look, we don't, we want clear liquid. He goes, it doesn't change the taste. It doesn't make it any better or worse. It's just clear. And uh, he goes, I, I, I wouldn't buy it if I were you. But if you were, buy this one. It's good. So I, was, <laughs> I, was, I always love that. Um, this, is a, this is a legit question. And I'm, aren't they? Why? The previous ones not been? No, some of them aren't. Let's be honest. This one is, and I mean this, why does it hurt so bad the next morning? Why is a wine headache so uh, friggin' bad? I, I, I have an answer for you. So uh, there, it could be several things. Um, some people do have a sulfite allergy, and sulfites are a preservative. That's usually more rare than you think, but people will lean on that um, just because they know wines have sulfites in them. Your French fries from McDonald's have sulfites. Your ice cream has sulfites in it. Um, normally... It's, it's, this is my IT question back to the consumer when they say this, like, is it plugged in? It's, this is the dumb uh, answer or question I asked them. 
how much did you drink? And they usually kind of like give me the look like, oh, come on. And I'm like, <laughs> hear me out. Uh, an eight ounce glass of wine at 12% alcohol is like drinking three Miller Lights uh, when, you, you know, when you get down to it. So it's like, oh, I had four glasses of wine in a two hour period. Well, that's like drinking a 12 pack. And you're going to have a headache from that. I so found my, I found the problem. It, it could be. I, I, I'm a big proponent of a one-to-one drinking water. That's helped me out in my old age. So like just trying to <laughs> pound a water in between each drink has saved me a lot of headaches. So, J.A., anything to wrap it up? Otherwise, I have one request for Jake. Well, one, I could have used that advice before the Packer game against the 49ers the other night because that was sort of – like yeah, I, I, had, I had a headache Sunday because I did not practice that. On yeah, that, that that part came through. No, I think it's all fascinating. The problem is you could just keep going because I'm like, how do you choose the, the glass that you want to put it in, right? Because some's green and some clear. Like, there's I have really, answers. I, I love talking uh, right? like, about the endless questions. How about this? Do you ever just miss the tasting room? Or as head as as the headmaster, the head winemaker, you're pretty much head of the t- tasting room too. I'm up in the tasting room a lot. Actually, it's it's kind of a family affair. My sister is uh, like our tasting room manager. I've got my nephew as uh, my apprentice, and so she does our events and is in the tasting room a lot. So I get pulled up into the tasting room on busy Saturdays through the summer. You can find me behind the bar. Um, and yeah, like I get kind of yelled at sometimes because I'll talk people's ears off, and it's like, hey. You need to make room for the next group of people. Mm-hmm. You can't talk so much. Um, but we do private tastings with me in the back. So I, I'll set up people in the back production room and we'll pull barrel samples um, and they get to try some stuff maybe that's not even on the shelves yet. Um, so, yeah, you can sign up for uh, private tastings with me and I get to do tastings pretty often throughout the year. Uh, I don't know how tight the winemaking circle is in Wisconsin, but do you ever go either a scout the competition or do you ever go to like a restaurant and just play dumb? No, we've never done, we've never done any like sneaky stuff. In fact, we really like to a lot, a lot of the, I don't know any Wisconsin wineries that don't get along. I'm sure there are. Well, even not that, I just mean like you go and the guy brings you out, Hey, want to try this wine? And you go, "Mm," and you either go, wow, this tastes like that. Or you just give them the whole flavor profile and just blow the guy away. Like, wow, how did that guy know that? That's what I mean. I'm no, not I, I usually try, I usually try and be pretty humble about it. Um, like there's, even if there's something, if you maybe not to my liking or like not, not something that I normally care for, it just, sh- you know, shake and nod. Like, I don't know. No, no one likes kind of that know-it-all. Smile like, and wave, I, boys. I don't need, I don't need, yeah, that's right. You know, and I don't need to knock down anybody else, especially because like I said, it's so personal just because I don't uh, right. care for it or can pick it apart. You know, it's like, okay, that's cool. You tasted the eight different things in this. Like, <laughs> mm, I'm just going to drink it, you know, like, yep. Yeah. I, and I, that's kind of how I am. Like, yeah, that's, you know, we're, it's, it's relaxed. You know, like I said, it's alcohol at the end of the day. You got to not take it so serious. Your humility is admirable because oh, I'd pull it out and I'd just start, you know, the guy, even if I liked it, I'd just go, wow, this, you know, play down and then just rip, riff it off. See if I can make the guy, you know, stun him with what's going on. Yeah, I've Sometimes, had people try that with me before. And that's why I'm like, I love, I actually love shooting down the people that try and do that to the people in their group. Right? And I'm like, I'm like, dude, look, just settle down. They're just trying to have fun. <laughs> Sometimes the teacher, always the student. That's what I hear. Before you go, Jake, we would be stupid not to ask for a winery tour. I know exactly where you're sitting in your winery. You're upstairs in the office. 
I am. So grab that laptop and show us the okay. tasting room and where the magic happens quick. That'd be All awesome. Right, take, us on, take us on a tour. This is not a large place, Jay. Oh, this will wait, take I'm not my it's not, you know, it's not that bad. I was going to try and think that I turned off a bunch of machinery so in case it did go off while we were going. What is that like, honey? Did I leave the iron on? <laughs> yeah, right. I have got some lights off too. There so we got we some are. tanks in the back there. All right, uh, good. We call these the Italian sports cars because they cost about as much and they came from Italy. So we got those wow. ones there. Good. Got our barrel program. We got a bunch of uh, barrels going on in the background there. there. Trying to do this opposite and move my head. I'm not very good. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a weatherman <laughs> either. I hit, hit yeah. and then we got the bottling line. Uh, and we actually got that um, used from Von Steel. So, like, a lot of the wineries do work together and, like, buy some huh. of their old equipment. So, like, the big guys are pretty good about uh, sending on some of their equipment to us little guys. And uh, we're all not so much little anymore, but we're um, – and then we got our tasting room. We just had a nice facelift this last year. Uh, again, Chris and Melissa, the new owners, um, are they're just as great as Joe and Lindsay were. And uh, they just did some uh, – uh, renovations in here. We just added a bunch of tables. So uh, we, I love it when people come, we've got several book clubs. Uh, we've got some teachers that meet here every week and they come in and just kind of decompress and can sit at the tables. Um, we've got a little living room area and then there's the production and back. Um, and I'd be remiss to not show you guys our labels. I think we have the best labels in the state. My best friend from Marinette, actually, uh, he does our wine labels and we've got like Big Tom, our cranberry, um, Ducking Awesome's one of my favorites because it's green and gold. Uh, Walleye Ada, our lemon wine. Uh, nice Rack, uh, cranberry raspberry, one of our best sellers. Yeah, so we've got some seriously great labels, and Josh does a phenomenal job with those as well. Love it. That's awesome, dude. Thanks for the quick tour. This was great, man. Now I'm, I know going to be a I noticed as you walked out into the taser, there's a dartboard. Is that just a pastime or is that some sort of sobriety? Oh, you know, it's funny. No, that's my, uh, <laughs> this is back in the production when stuff's filtering. Like I said, you either check in your Facebook or you could shoot a game of darts. Okay. And then uh, awesome. I, the other thing that almost no one ever gets, but I want to show it off is on our bottling line, we did, uh, I don't know if you're a Transformer fan. So this is Optimus <laughs> Line. <laughs> Our bottom line. So. Optimus line. Oh <laughs> Lord, awesome. Jim, I'm just saying you could use you could use the. I'm just saying you could use the dartboard before anybody goes home, right? Like, okay, how many of you had? And if they sh they line up and they throw it through the doorway, then maybe they should. Sit <laughs> We're down calling them the safe ride. The Tavern League is a great program. We'll get <laughs> them a safe ride. Home. Good. That's so, awesome. We do have a bunch so of yard games too because we do live music uh, in the summertime. Um, so we've got yard games, bag toss and all that stuff too. So, um, all throughout the summer, live music, concerts, food trucks, some great food trucks we have in the area. So you can come on up, spend a whole day with us. And we go from noon to four for the music. So it's kind of that nice in between time, catch a lunch, listen to some tunes, and then go get dinner afterwards. So. Yard yeah, games right. aren't what they used to be. When I was a kid, you had jarts and you just took your life in your own hands. <laughs> Now they give you a beanbag and say, here, have at it. Come on, people. <laughs> when do we get so soft? <laughs> Alcohol I've, consultants I've, and jarts. What could go wrong? <laughs> right. I've have or, played jarts. <laughs> or you could also consider beverage consultants a great term. Oh, yeah. That that that's for sure. I'm I'm stealing that one. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Either of those. I like that. You know, a, a drinking consultant or a, a beverage counselor, both those are another way of just, you know. And yeah, on a golf course, John, what do you call it? What's that, F? Swing lubricant? 
I call it aiming fluid. Yeah, mm-hmm. aiming fluid. Yeah, I definitely have done aiming fluid. But yeah, yeah. drinking can. I don't know that I've ever had wine or anybody drink wine on the golf course. I've heard yeah. some wine. Oh, don't go yeah. in there. But no, I've never actually heard anybody you know, order so one up. We started a new trend. All right, we, we get back to the fermenting, would you, Jake? This was I awesome. Got Thank back you to for work. absolutely everything. We appreciate Jake, Forgotten Fire Winery, joining us here on the Inside Wisconsin Show. Thanks, brother. Thanks again, guys. Appreciate it. The Inside Wisconsin Show is brought to you by American Family Insurance, Aaron's Company, Blaine's Farm and Fleet, Capital Credit Union, Festival Foods, Quick Trip, Miller Lite, North Star Mohican Casino Resort, and the University of Wisconsin Platteville. Hey, remember to subscribe on YouTube, leave a review, smash the like button, just get with us. Nothing brings Wisconsin together like a Packers party. And it's funny, JA, we had one for the playoff game the other night. We invited a bunch of friends over yep. and we said, bring an appetizer and whatever you want to drink if it's not Miller Lite, because we don't have it. We just don't. You don't? No, we no anything else but Miller Lite. No, we have Miller Lite. Oh, you I thought you were like, wait a minute. How do you not have it? Call me. Oh. I, I, you know, they'll deliver it to your door. Yeah, no, we got Miller Lite. I, I was thinking, just... I was seeing that as I, I, you know, I may have popped one and then there might have been a higher um, count by the end of the game. <laughs> yeah. Like, think of that. If you say Wisconsin to people, they say cheese. Okay. They say Packers. Yes. But they and they'll say beer, but then they know what beer it is, right? Like it's like Miller's literally is just it's as synonymous as Wisconsin as the Packers. It really is. Maybe not quite. It's a little fun, but but you know, like people, oh yeah, you're cheers, but they don't they don't go, they can't name all you know, somebody who's who's cranking out the cheese. They might, you know, but they know Miller's Wisconsin. Like yeah, that, just, that yeah, they do. That's like it's like most beers they go out and you go, go and theirs goes Wisconsin when it opens. I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if yours does. Mine does when you do it. Johnson. Yeah, Wisconsin. The last Packer game of the year. Thanks again for allowing us to use your seats. A buddy of mine that was there had no idea. He walked up to me with one of those tall boys in Miller Lite that I was telling you about. And he goes, I switched because of you guys. And I'm like, wow, thank you. Yeah, he he loves how Wisconsin Miller is. I think we taught him a thing or two. His name is Patrick. And he made the switch. He's like, I'm out. I'm on Miller Lite. And it's because of you. Uh, go pack go and we won that one not so much this time i'm teary-eyed it's it's like teachers if i can just affect one life i will have done my job winning we won we are that's it we're just you know one one person at a time we're just trying to change and improve lives the rest of this thing is bonus awesome miller light great taste 96 calories go to millerlight.com slash inside wisconsin to find delivery options near you or you can pick up some miller light pretty much anywhere they sell beer Tastes like Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. That reminds me, we're doing the low carb thing right now. And uh, the 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. I can do that math. Yep. Um, I did lose my ability to do said math as the night went on. But I, I know that I was under 50 carbs in the day. Just happened to all be in Miller Lite. Oopsie. Now, if we just work on how many ounces it is so that next time your shoulder's hurting, because I got so much extra weight on my shoulder. Next. <laughs> next. <laughs> All right, we're back on the Inside Wisconsin Show. Trevor John and the CEO and co-founder of Carbless, Adam Craner. Adam, thanks for being here. And not all heroes wear capes. Thank you for finding <laughs> this. Appreciate you. <laughs> thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> so I need to know... Uh, 
how drunk did people think you were when you said, I think I'll start a, a liquor company? <laughs> uh, probably pretty drunk. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for, for us, it, it really was this methodical next step. And it has always felt like the next step. Um, but yeah, when, when we look back on it, we just launched in St. Louis yesterday. And, uh, you know, their VP of sales used to work for a big, big brewery. And he's just going like, I, I don't get it. You, you just saw the problem. And, and within a year, we had it on the shelf. And uh, it, it always felt normal. But yeah, a lot, a lot of people do not think that's normal. <laughs> what the was the I problem? Noticed- the other, oh, thing, ahead, the other thing I notice is you're sitting here by your, you're the person we're talking to, uh, mm-hmm. but it, it, give me, give me the role your wife has played in this. Cause I feel like, you know, like we should have her in the picture. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my wife is our co-founder. She's, she works for uh, another company, Van Horn Automotive, uh, big dealership in Wisconsin. Um, so she, I created the, the liquid and um she has been, I would call it the rock to my kite. I'm the type of person that like when she asked me, you know, what's your plan if you want to put this in a can? I said, well, um, I'm going to put it in a can. I'm going to sell the shit out of it. And, um, you know, she, she looked at me, she goes, no, what's your plan? And I'm like, you know, as the good husband I am, I said, I I just told you my plan. I'm going to put it in a can. I'm going to sell the shit out of it. And, um, (laughs) she didn't like that. So being an accountant by trade, she ended up giving me like 25 questions that, really ended up being the the framework of our original business plan. So when I have this, you know, grandiose idea to launch something different or weird, uh, she's the one to kind of bring me back and go, hey, we've got a lot of opportunity within our, our current footprint and with the product that we know that sells. Um, so she she does a really good job of keeping me in, in, in the lanes. And um, she's given me a great understanding of accounting, finance, uh, helped me understand the books. Um, I've always ran operations. Um, but didn't have a true understanding of the balance sheet and profit and loss. And she's, she's really helped me learn that. As every wife does for a guy that has a kite. I know the feeling. <laughs> so you mentioned the problem. Okay. So what was the problem? And it is so Wisconsin to go, I'm going to fix the problem by making myself a drink. And here we are. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if we go back to 2018, uh, I was with a bunch of friends in Elkhart Lake Um and I think it was Memorial Day weekend. So, you know, had the first hot day. Everybody's out at the lake with their kids. A buddy of mine, we'd been doing keto for about five months. And I was drinking vodka water, lemon lime, super boring, but allowed me to be sociable. He walks up with a tall, white, skinny can and says, hey, man, uh, here, you should try this. It's low carb, low sugar right up your alley. I took a sip and I actually spit it back into the lake. And I was like, yeah, that's that's not worth it. Um, and in my summary, it was super carbonated, not very flavorful. And it wasn't worth it. Like with the vodka water, I knew what I was getting and I expected a lot more. Um, and yeah, my wife tried it, didn't like it. I started mixing stuff up with vodka very quickly, not knowing that those were uh, beer or sugar brew based and very quickly came up with a vodka lemonade. Everybody loved it. And I mean, within about two and a half, three months, there was a lot of processes we went through, but we decided to make it a business. I, I, I thought, you know, this thing I'm making, somebody else has done it. I bought about $500 worth of product from a bunch of local stores and all the products tasted like the one I didn't like. Very carbonated, not very flavorful. We wanted to have that bar crafted cocktail taste with the benefits of what people loved about the nutrition panel. And uh, I did I did interview about 300 people um, probably July of 2018. And I said, you know, why are you drinking that? And the answer I would get is it's low carb, it's low sugar, it's low calorie. Huh. I mean, I love Bloody Marys and margaritas, and that's not the reasons I would give you. 
Uh, so I would follow up with, do you like the taste? Nine times out of 10, the best answers I would get is, yeah, it's okay. Now, mind you, by 2019, 2020, those companies did billions in revenue. And um, so I would follow up with, you know, hey, what if I gave you a vodka lemonade that had the same nutrition panel? I wouldn't even have it out of my mouth. And everybody would be like, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd much rather drink that. Now, I didn't go get a business degree. And I will tell you that if you did and you found out that I interviewed 300 people, didn't sample them on the product, just asked them a question and started a business off of it with my life savings, that I'm an absolute idiot. But um, here we are <laughs> and uh, having a chat. I love yeah. it. Goes back to my first question when it happens, you know, when it comes through. Uh, <laughs> I just feel like, though, if I like I've never gone to any bar, any place and said, before we pour that, let's talk nutritional panel. You know, like <laughs> like there are things at stake here that we don't think of when we just like pour me a drink. Uh, yep. You know, like what kind of how how did how did you get informed on some of these things? Right. Because it's just so not not what we think of, you know, like we well, think of what do I do? I want a cherry or a orange light. You know, these are the things I think about with my nutritional panel. Yeah. And, and so this starts out as we were doing keto. So January of 2018, we're doing keto and there's some people who will say, you know, alcohol is not part of it. But I mean, we're from Wisconsin. Let's be real. Giddy up. I'm going to drink. Um, so. The I, I had Googled vodka doesn't have any carbs or sugar. And just to be safe, like I would just use water and I would squeeze a lemon and lime that has a little carbs and sugar, but it gave it some flavor. Um, and so I had Googled that and I knew that. As far as every can, like Mick Ultra, Michelob Ultra, yep. you know, that's part of why it has become, in my opinion, popular. It's It's got some decent flavor, but it has lower carbs and sugar. Um, so it allows you to, you know, maintain that lifestyle. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like if you're mixing a vodka cranberry, we have a vodka cran that's no carbs, no sugar, hundred calories. But if you mix one at the bar, it's about 20 grams of carbs, 20 grams of sugar, 250 calories. You're exactly right. In alcohol, it's not required to put that stuff on the panel. So nobody's looking at it. Right. How, how do I get by then? Because if you've been on this diet, that's, that's the whole, I think for a lot of people is, no carbs, no sugar, like no thank you, because how could this possibly taste good, right? Like every time the person says, we have a flourless chocolate cake. No, you don't. If it doesn't have flowers, you get a brick. Like how, like I feel like that might be the biggest thing to get past. Yep. You're, you're 100% right, John. Um, so that was our challenge when we came out is our can was meant to look similar to the other ones because we wanted to pull from that market. Um what you just said is exactly why I don't do a ton of social media marketing. Because if you're scrolling and you see our can, it's like, oh, cool. It's the same as the last 20 that I hated. Mm -hmm. um, we focus very much on guerrilla style marketing, boots on the ground. 80% of our team is, is a boots on the ground sales force that is focusing on being a personal brand and going out and getting liquid lips um, for exactly that reason. Our, our product is drastically different but you don't know until you put it in your mouth. And I mean, I've, I've launched with, uh, you know, 50, 60 distributors. And I tell them a very in-depth story of how this came about. And I started interviewing them as I was ride with them afterwards, like, Hey, how much did you believe me that our product was different? And they're all like, yeah, we didn't. So if the, the owner of the company who created the liquid can't convince you by way of conversation that this product is drastically different, how can I expect anybody else to? Because they've been sold the same story 30 other times and the products were all the same. Mm -hmm. um, so to your point, we invest very heavily on how do I get product into people's mouths? Because that is what will show them that it is absolutely different.
So you started this here in Wisconsin, Adam, and I believe you said you started making it in Wisconsin. But there's more to becoming who Carbless is today than just going, hey, I made a good drink. Let's put it in a can and sell the shit out of it. Like, what are some of the hoops that you had to jump through specifically here at home in order for this to become what it is? Uh, well, my past life, I was a, a managed co-pack plants uh, in cheese. Shocker. Mm. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I had this assumption that people kind of like knew what they were doing in Copac. So our first co-packer was from Wisconsin. I won't name names. They suck. Um, within three months, all my product was leaking. 75% of my revenue I had to pay back. If I wasn't, I was still working full time. If I wasn't, business would have folded. Um. So the big learnings were that not everybody has the same operational expectations that I did and the companies that I worked for. Uh, so that was a very hard pill to swallow because that was supposed to be my expertise. Um, <laughs> legalities are different in one. One, our product is vodka based. The original seltzers are malt based. We're taxed. I kid you not, like 10,000 percent more. Mm-hmm. So a case of Miller Lite, a case of White Claw, they're considered a beer. When they come into the state of Wisconsin, they're taxed around six cents total for all 24 cans. We are taxed eleven dollars. Wow. So somebody sees it on the shelf, and I, I remember like doing pricing at first, and I was like, "How the heck am I so far off?" Um, and you know, lo and behold, that's why all these other uh, products use a malt base originally was because you couldn't be price competitive. Um, and then the laws of as far as what you can do, like this sign up here in Wisconsin, I can go give it to a bar owner and say, "Hey, thanks for all your support. Um, why don't we hang this up so people know that Carbless is available?" Uh, in other states, that's not legal. They have to buy it through a third party. Uh, it's considered something of value that you can't give. So um, it's it's been a lot of learning curve where, you know, CPG is CPG, um, but each each little thing has its nuance. In, in a water brand, I'd have to buy shelf space at retail. That is illegal in booze. So that's beneficial, but we're selling then on the merits of the brand. Um, so it's, th- th- there's there's been a lot of learning curves of, uh, a lot of it just being elk bev specific. Uh, they're antiquated laws from prohibition in 1933, to be completely honest. John, yeah, you I, go. I'm texting him my address so I get one of those uh, Wisconsin <laughs> cargo signs. You go. I know that is like like when I lived in Missouri, every once in a while, you're like, wait, what, why can't you do this on Sunday? Or like the blue laws are are crazy, and that's in a in a state that has uh, a huge liquor lobby because you know Anheuser Busch is there. When you do that, do you ever think? Um, and you're selling this, but I don't care if you're selling, pick a widget. You're like, how, how are we, do you people want business to succeed? Did, did you go up against that? Like I said, I don't care if I'm selling a toilet seat or cheese or, or, or carbless or whatever radiators. Do you just go, wait, are you, you realize if we sell more, probably everybody does better. Yeah. Uh, and even like uh, I've had some people, so uh, Wisconsin, the state tax for a, a beer-based item is around two cents for a case, and ours is seven dollars and fifty-six cents. Um, well, we're gonna we have in two thousand twenty-three, the state of Wisconsin received roughly five million dollars from Carbless. So a lot of people are like, well, why don't you lobby to get that lowered? I, I mean, one, we've got a lot of other things to prioritize, but I'm gonna go lobby to the state to make less money. Like, yes, I agree. It would it would bring a lower price to the consumer. Uh, we'd be able to sell more product. But at the end of the day, convincing a government entity that they should just make less money. Um, that's not where I'm focusing my time right now, but it, it does confuse mm-hmm. me uh, quite a bit. But it also makes sense when you think about who lobbied. So sure. beer tax is low in Wisconsin and liquor tax is high. 
Molson or Miller Miller was here, right? So right. that makes sense. You go to Tennessee and Kentucky, right. Jack and Jim are down there, right? And the liquor tax, very low. Beer tax, super high. It makes sense. So because that's really sexy for our listeners talking about, you know, rules and regulations like that. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's go back to the Sorry. whole, let's get uh, the old liquid on the lips. So it's great that you're mixing it up for your friends and they're testing it. Um, but if I got to sell it, I got to make a lot more, right? Like I can make a, you know, I can make a pitcher of Kool-Aid, which by the way has a lot of sugar in it. Uh, how, how do I go from making, here's a drink or two for my friends to, I need vats of this stuff, but I got to make it taste exactly like it was in this portion. That was pretty much the biggest challenge to launching on time. Um, so I, I couldn't, that is one thing I knew from co-packing is that I could find somebody to make this in a big batch, but I didn't know how. Mm-hmm. What I was using was about four ingredients. Now each of our flavors is about nine ingredients. I couldn't, I reached out to a vodka company that I was using. You know, they didn't reply to Adam Craner at gmail.com. Uh, reached out to a local co-packing company. Nobody was willing to help, which I get, you know, it's a standard email. Um, but I ended up Googling, how do I bring my beverage to life? That is no joke what I put into Google. Had three companies pop up, reached out to all three. One didn't get back to me, two did. One of them is the partner that ended up formulating. It's Sovereign Flavors out of California. So we had to pay a down payment, which is when we started the business officially. And they said, we'll give you R&D time to make this into a thousand gallon batch. And then once I had that, then I knew I could go find a a Copac partner to actually get it in, in the product. That took about six months. I ended up having to fly out to California after six months of aggravation. Uh, but I'm not a beverage guy. So when I say, hey, I want it to be more limey, they put more lime in it. But turns out I wanted more citric acid to make my jowl pinch like you would with real mm-hmm. lime juice. Interesting. Man, things you don't know. Did you notice when you developed this here in Wisconsin and we're taste testing it in Wisconsin that Wisconsin had your back in a unique way, right? We talk about statriotism, the zealous patriotism for one's home state. I don't know that a lot of people know that Carbless actually was founded here. I mean, you're here in Wisconsin, in Plymouth. Did, do you notice that we kind of do this better than anybody else? Um, I, I nerd out about brand in general. So take beverage out of it. Like when I'm, I was, like I said, it's just in St. Louis. A mile up the road from my house is Sargento. One of the biggest, probably the biggest cheese brand in the U.S. Five miles from my house is Johnsonville. Tons of sausage pumping mm, out from there. Brats. Kohler is 10 minutes from my house. Right. So I just explained a no carb, no sugar uh, barbecue and you can flush it all down the toilet through Kohler. And that's all been sponsored by Wisconsin and their amazing brands. Uh, Do you find uh, when I worked in Tulsa, Oklahoma, there was one street uh, 71st, but it had every kind of restaurant you could imagine. I thought that's amazing. Well, I found out Tulsa was a great test market because they thought, well, if people eat it here, they'll eat anywhere. Uh, for your beverage, how is Wisconsin as a test market? Like, because I feel like sometimes we'll drink and try anything. You know, beyond we think beer and brandy, but we're like, but well, we're more adventuresome than that. Yeah. So it's been interesting. I've heard multiple different opinions from call it actual industry. Um, we never really took that into consideration. Um, I, I had a friend who worked for for Miller, um, and and this is before Carbless in 2016. He made a comment to me that they've never trialed something specifically in Wisconsin because to his point, Wisconsinites will drink anything. Um, And then I heard recent, and I kind of like took that as that could be a challenge, right? Because yes, our product is doing well here. Does that 
does that extend other places? Um, but then recently within the last year, somebody said, well, we were told Wisconsin's a really good market because there's so many wide ranges of demographics from, you know, close to the UP, down to Milwaukee, uh, mm-hmm. Lake Geneva, Door County, like you, you've got a spread of demographics. And so if it does well in Wisconsin, it's very good chance that you can spread that, that demographically to other states and, and areas. And that's, that's what we're finding to be the most true. Um, mm-hmm. It is we've created a process that's very drag and drop to, to different parts of market. Have you noticed that the category is more female heavy versus male heavy? Because John has never had it. He lives in Connecticut, although you'll be home next week, Jay. So I think you should probably partake. The last cardless I had was 12 hours ago. Yeah. 12 hours. So do you notice though, then this whole keto diet thing and the, the low carb, like I'm a, I'm a beer guy, but I've definitely had cardless. We're partial to Miller light on this show. Right. But, Yep. How do you, I guess, how do you go after that? And is it female heavy? So I think the market was female heavy. Carbless is very 50-50. And I'm, I'm going to tell you why I think it is. So me, when it comes to drinking, um, I explained I was drinking vodka water. I've seen other people do the similar diet, right? And they would have maybe one or two vodka waters. I was a little more disciplined. But by the time they got to six or seven, they're like, screw it. I'm going back to craft beer. You know, they've, mm-hmm. they've got... Uh, little intoxication and the diet goes out the window. And I think men are a lot more apt to do that, to say, screw it. I'm just drinking what I want. So when you think about the products that people didn't necessarily enjoy the flavor, but they like the nutrition panel, females would continue to drink it because they want to stay strict to the the diet. Um, Men would generally give that up for something that they actually enjoyed to consume. The benefit of carbless is it tastes just like that that full flavored item. So why am I going to purchase a different product and and consume something completely different when I can have a flavorful drink and get all the benefits that I was looking for? Um, And that is the one piece that I I have not found another product on the market that offers full flavor and has the nutrition panel that everybody else does. Um, Usually you have to give something up with carbless. You don't. Listen, that you got that you got Trevor off his skinny girl margaritas. That's good for you. That's, that's an amazing thing what he did there. Uh, you say you're growing by leaps and bounds. Uh, give me, give me, uh, give me context of what that means, right? Like I, I made I made one in my backyard, and now I sell fifty of them. Give me, give, like, give me some scale so I can be impressed. 2019, we sold 2,200 cases. There's 24 cans in a case. 2020, we sold 42,000 cases. No, I'm backed up. I'm sorry. 2020, we sold around 8,000 cases. Uh, We had no revenue for four months due to a different Copacker issue. 2021, we sold about 40,000 cases. 2022, we sold 420,000 cases. 2023, we sold 1.7 million cases. That's so we numbers. just keep we just quadruple. Well, no, the first one's over a hundred times. That's yeah, okay. So that works. And now you tell me I I can order it online. Thanks, uh, but I can't get it here for a while, and yep. it does not make sense to me. I'm growing. I'm making more. There, it, the product there is a demand, but yet you're not trying to cover all fifty states yet. How come? Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, going back to Shark Tank, the amount of people you've seen pitch on there and go, "Hey, I just need money for inventory." Mm-hmm. Um, you can't make enough, uh, to it's, it's a, it's a strictly a cash flow thing. Uh, one, we did not make any profit until 
uh, part of the way through 2022. So we burned through about a million dollars in the first two and a half years. So that's that's part of it. Um, but as we're making product, for example, this month, we're making 400,000 cases. Actually, January is 600,000. Mm. So that's going to cost me somewhere between seven, eight, nine million dollars. We're going to sell maybe 100,000 cases and I'm going to make three million. So I'm six million in the hole. We're doing this because what's going to happen is we're going to launch a bunch of distributors. And by June, July, August, we'll be selling probably a half a million cases a month. But I have to bet on the come and I have to put money in inventory because if I don't, the, the co-packers won't be able to keep up in the summer. Mm-hmm. So just the quick math exercise I gave you, I'm making $9 million worth of product. I'm only selling three and I'm going to do that for the next three months. So where's the $15 million come from? Mm-hmm. The only place we invest when we make money is we hire more people. And we invest in more inventory. Did what I was here? You say no sevens, like no, don't roll a seven. Is that what you just said? You're betting on the come. I feel like that was a craps. That was craps, right? Uh, I suck at craps, so no, it wasn't. Okay, yeah, got it. You know who doesn't suck at craps? Kenny Maine. I'll, I'll someday I'll tell you if you're like literally the man has a, a, a pair of dice, and we'll get in a commercial break, and he'll just roll them. All right, new shooter coming out, and. Well, literally, he would roll dice for three and a half minutes. So they go coming back in 30. Uh, so when that, <laughs> it's yeah, it's it, just one more crazy thing about our man. So when you got the when you first made dollar one, um, mm-hmm. right, like the temptation is like, I'm going to frame that check. But if I if, it sounds like if I made dollar one, I get to I'm going to I'm going to need that right now to help make dollar two and we oh, yeah. put it right back in. It is uh, with with the way we're growing the brand, and it, it's that is the only option. Um, right. uh, I mean, to yeah, it, <laughs> it's something that I never truly understood uh, watching Shark Tank and why people were asking for inventory. Same thing, like, well, if you're making money, how do you do that? It's just uh, gross profit in a segment like this. Like, if if you're growing that fast, it is absolutely impossible to keep up with cash. Now, to your point, I could go raise venture capital. They're knocking on my door every single day. Uh, we could partner with a private equity firm and, and have, you know, oodles of money. Um, but I am doing this because I like not being told what to do. And if we raise money, somebody else is going to tell me what to do. So mm-hmm. um, we decide to grow methodically. And also we do think it's better for the market. I want Carbless to be around in 30, 40, 50 years. There's a lot of companies that we compete with that I would call it our flash in the pan. They raise some money, they go national. And two years later, nobody's heard about them. Mm-hmm. Is that interesting that, so, Maybe your wife is like mine. I have aspirations to someday own a little mom and pop bar to which she was like, probably not a great idea, Trev. This isn't, you shouldn't live in a bar. I'm you live in the place. I'm going to be with her and discourage you in that, but go yeah, ahead. I appreciate that. You're welcome. But he you make the stuff that's served in a bar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> See me drink a carbolist or two or a Miller Lite or two. There's, there's a reason for this. Anyway, you make the stuff that they sell. So like, Adam, what's the crossover between being a consumer and actually owning the product that people consume in the stores, like festival and in the bars. I mean, is how does that eat? How do you juggle that? I guess maybe that's a question. Um, well, I'm only a consumer at places that sell carbless because I'm only going to pay people that are paying me. Um, but right. the it, I, I just uh, I had uh, a friend of mine that I just recently hired to help us with uh, PR and communications. She was out in the market with me this week. Um and I said, you know, from from a one to 10, 10 being this is exactly what I expected Adam did out in the market. You know, what does it look like? And she's like, oh, one. Um, but it's, you know, you know, bar owners, you know, bartenders, but seeing the back end of everything that they do when they're not serving the consumer, it is a drastically different business. But 
I'd say part of where we've been successful is I used to bartend. Our first hire used to bartend. So we focused very much on bars and restaurants. There's a lot of things we do different because we focus on making them more money. Um, and and that that creates kind of a rising tide thing where we're if if you don't if we don't think collectively carbless is going to fit, um, then we walk out. But nine point nine times out of ten, there's a really good chance that we can find a way to help you make more money with our product and with lower carbonation. Generally, there's higher consumption. So it is a win-win across the board. They make more money. They sell more product. That means we're doing well. And then it spreads. Trev, I'll tell you what. Uh, there's a wonderful man named uh, Judson Birch, longtime uh, coordinated producer at ESPN, ESPN. whose brother uh, owns two bars. And he says, the only problem with the bar business, there's only two problems. It's the customers and the employees. But you go ahead and keep going, and I think you're going to be great. Uh, Adam, when you were on this diet, I want to know, forget the forget what you're washing it down with. What did you miss most just on the diet that you had to give up? Oh, I would say like going, so, you know, Wisconsin, we were supper clubs, and I bartended at Repke's Village Inn in Charlesburg. Um, they have a dank salad bar and amazing tuna nuda salad. Um, wow, do I sound Wisconsin. But I would say yes. like that and, and like a twice baked potato, um, that that was the hardest uh, to 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 stay away from because it's like you can't even take a bite. You're over your carb carb load. Um, so that that was probably the hardest. Uh, even Italian restaurant bread. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have found how much that stuff didn't make me feel good. And now I'm to the point where I, I avoid it in most meals. OK, so you're not working on a carbless um, double baked but twice baked potato. Not right now. Damn. Okay. Well, see, I was kind of <laughs> hoping that this is, that's the direction I was going at, right? Like, okay. You might have to invent a new vegetable if that's Ooh, the case. That could be, you know, I just see. Okay. So I'm going to put that down. Baker, double bake, forget it. No shot. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say other than I this. a lot of string cheese though. That's a great no carb snack. There you I go. You, you and my like man. Is that Johnsonville sausage? Uh, the last thing I need to know is, do you have an Oscar or a Grammy nomination? Because it seems like all those people have a liquor line. Right. Like it's whether so I or are you do you feel like you're up for one eventually? Because I know whether, you know, to pick one, you know, Clooney, Peyton Manning's got a whiskey like, oh, that's that's kind of the trendy thing to do. So I just assume that you you have uh, some sort of Grammy or Oscar nomination, maybe an Emmy. I had a few of them, but I I, I really don't like to talk about it. So we should skip. Um, right. But, uh, you know, the funny thing is, is uh, I have avoided influencers for that. A lot of this. There's companies out there that'll develop a product and they just want the easy, easy money. So let me get an influencer, somebody who's got uh, clout and put their name on it. And then everybody's going to know about it because their social media is insane and see what happens. What we're seeing happen, though, is the products that are good are doing very well. Clooney, that is a good tequila. And I believe Clooney was actually part of creating that. A lot of these, though, are... They give them ten percent, and I'm making up a number. Mm-hmm. They give them ten percent of the the business, and they're like, just be the face of it. Yeah. So the liquid and a lot of these sucks. So you might buy it one time, and there's a huge flash of PR. Mm-hmm. But if the liquid sucks, the consumer's not coming back. Your um, liquid we, does not suck. Yeah, we we go the other way, and and so one thing I've challenged our marketing team is starting to look at influencers, and I said the challenge is you have to understand what could happen in five years because if we have an influencer that isn't paid by us or they're getting paid by us, right? And they're touting carbless. 
The challenge is if they do something in four years, the consumer assumes that is our company's, you mm-hmm. know, design. Um, and that's that's something I'm very fearful of because, uh, you know, it's hard enough to uh, control what we're doing and seeing and having somebody that's not affiliated with the brand. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen in five years. And that gets associated to your brand, whether you like it or not. Your liquid influences itself. My wife goes to the bar <laughs> and says, I'd like a purple carbless. That's how she orders it. A purple carbless. And out comes a purple carbless with a glass of ice and a straw because that's how she yep. drinks it. It's amazing. John will get you that's one. That's how I drink week. mine too. I like it. Adam, thanks for joining us, man. It's great to tell this Wisconsin story. It just happens to be in the uh, the category that we love most here at home. Um, appreciate what you do, man. Keep doing it. Thank you, Trevor and John. Appreciate your time. That's that's the key right there. First, start with a state of drunks and go from there, right? Like you gotta have you gotta have you gotta have a wanting market, and then and we have that for sure. Thanks so much for your You've time. Got a business plan. That's it. There you go. The Inside Wisconsin Show is brought to you by American Family Insurance, Aaron's Company, Lane's Farm and Fleet, Capital Credit Union, Festival Foods, Quick Trip, Miller Lite. North Star Mohican Casino Resort, and the University of Wisconsin-Platteville. Hey, remember to subscribe on YouTube, leave a review, smash the like button, just get with us. The nearest liquor store to my home, JA Festival Foods, the wine and spirits section. It, it is its own liquor store. Mm-hmm. When you're home, I know you're coming home soon, you got to pop in there with mom and check out the, the wine and spirits. Seriously, take her over there, find some Miller Lite. a little medicinal for the 82-year-old woman. A little medicinal, just to make sure you stay loose. Hey, it makes you sleep better, right? It it just does. The wine Listen, and spirits section. At the she's eighty two, yeah. and she will knock back uh, an old fashioned like nobody's business. They and have all the fixings. Cut herself off at three, but you know you're eighty two. You, who's going to stand in the way of that? They got beer. Why well, I, I wonder why they call it wine and spirits. Does, I don't think beer qualifies as a spirit, no. or is it just if is it just. Beer. Spirits you is, know you walk into a grocery store, there's going to be beer. But when they call yeah. it the wine and spirits, they have a gigantic beer cave. Mm-hmm. Why doesn't beer get the honorable mention? What do you think? It's not, it's, it's not, yeah, you mean it should get in the title? Because spirits, is, yeah, spirits is all, you know, that's that's yeah. your whiskey and your, you know, your your vodkas and your other. By the way, when uh, on the Packer game the other day, were you just straight Miller Lite? Because... Um, I had some of those, and then at some point I'm like, I might need something a little more stiff. And then when I got up the next morning, I'm like, there's an array. Of, now, it wasn't a full wine and spirit shop, but there was an array. where, like, I know some people like, I start with this, and I'm going to stay with this, right? I don't want to mix my liquor. So I'm That's so not glad me. You I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm, give me the smorgasbord. So there was... There might have been a hard seltzer. There might have been some beer. There was some beer. You know, there was just, there was an empty tequila bottle. There was a lot of stuff. I, I went... You know, some okay, people so switch, so- some people switch seats trying to change their luck. I guess I was just trying different liquors to see which one <laughs> would stick. It worked for a minute. So yes, I was on the uh, Miller Lite. However, when my buddy Danny got there again, we had some friends over for the game. He goes, "All right, Jello shots. What do we got for when we score touchdowns?" And I'm like, Dude, "Didn't think about that." He goes, "What's the nearest liquor store?" And I said, "Festival Foods, Wine and Spirits, literally right go. down the road." He, not kidding. He goes, "All right, I'll be right back." And he left, and he missed kickoff. Because he drove to Festival Foods and Can bought three bottles. He had big wishes. He bought three bottles of apple pie. You know what that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, know, you know what apple pie is? Um, ironically, it was made here in Wisconsin. So Man, we have uh, priorities. 
We only unfortunately went through one bottle of touchdown shots because there wasn't a whole lot of touchdowns. No. But Festival Foods to the Rescue, the wine and spirit section, get there. Yeah, well, there'll, there'll be more games coming. It's all right. Time for another top five list here on the Inside Wisconsin Show, presented by Wisconsin's leaders in STEM. The University of Wisconsin Platteville, UW Platteville's exciting STEM programs make it a top university in Wisconsin and the Midwest region. In fact, UW Platteville is ranked in the top 20 for regional universities here in the Midwest. Find out more at uwplat.edu. JA, this is uh, this is shaping up to be one of my favorite episodes ever. Big fan, <laughs> big big fan. First off, uh, is there a carbless um, flavor you would like? Like, what's the purple one? Uh, that's just it. I honestly don't know the flavor. Like, we I just think it's probably black cherry. There's a margarita. Yeah. Like, is there a flavor something that you like? Right? Are you a In, lime guy? Are you le- you know? Oh yeah, you know. I, so it's. I am a lemon lime guy. If I had okay. to choose, and I enjoy that, I do enjoy the lemon lime flavor. But I'm I'm not opposed to the purple one. I've had the margarita one that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I I'm not a raspberry guy. Maybe okay. that's the best. Like, I, super, not super picky when it comes to my beverages. Other than Miller Lite, big fan. But yeah, I mean, I right. I, I can pretty much drink anything. So I jotted these do down. I I have been in touch with the R's because you think I don't know all these people. I've been in touch a little with their R and D department. Have you? Uh, and these are the top five rejected carbless flavors. Well. Yeah. And so I don't know if you want to come up with some of your own, but these are the top five rejected carbless huh. flavors. Okay. Interesting. Shoot. Yeah. Number five, cheddar. What? Yeah. Cheddar carbless seems like it would be terrible. So they just said, no, we're not going to make a cheddar version of carbless. That'll be Not bad. even aged cheddar carbless? Nope. No, Shattered number out. four rejected uh, carbless flavor was smelt. They're oh, like, I don't think we can God. sell that. Probably not going to do that. That makes prom go south if I remember some stories Could right. Be. Yeah. Uh, number three is yellow snow. We thought there would be demand, uh, there'd be some <laughs> demand uh, when it came no. out, and carbless is like, let's. We're not going to go any farther. I know it's no winter, yellow we snow. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. That's a lot. You would care to guess what number two is? Um, milk. No, number two is venison. Much like hey. it's like I don't know that people are going to go for a venison, but because it would be a great pairing. But it would. again, after some early taste test, venison carbless, terrible. Right up the flagpole, at least that's worth yeah. it. And what's number one? Uh, the number one rejected carbless flavor is Fox River. <laughs> Not really sure what that was going to be like. <laughs> Made from the natural waters, you know, because it works from the big water of the Chippewa River for a line of Google. Uh, but yeah, so they tried Fox River and that also Ooh. nothing. So I really, um, they have some smart R&D people there yeah. over at Carbless because that's really, yeah. really, that's sound advice. I have offered them and we're waiting to see if it'll go. I've offered Brewer's Secret Stadium sauce because I figured there's no way that that would be a bad taste. But we'll see mention. that one they're working on. But those five, cheddar, smelt, yellow, snow, venison, Fox River, uh, all those not coming to a store or a bar near you. That, there's, I, I have a really bad gag reflex. And some of those flavors in the Carlos or any drink for that yeah. matter would. Yeah. And I didn't right. want to embarrass Adam when he was here because he's going to be like, I, I get it. Right. I don't have to. He didn't want to have to explain how that got there. But, you know, if you're trying to grow, try to make it feel like Wisconsin. Yeah, good so shot. It's worth a shot. Aye. 
All right, on to the next. I'll take another one. Thank you. Just none of those. The water that I have on my desk off camera, yeah. not cutting it for this episode. Like uh, we're, we're talking about all sorts of different flavorful drinks. And wow. I'm sitting here with a bottle of water. I tell you what, it's admirable self-restraint by you to get through the show without trying to just get bombed. Good. Appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs> Good job by you. Uh, by, by the way, I also found this online. If anybody's interested and want to go help Jake at some point, uh, the University of Wisconsin, they have an award-winning manual, 28 pages online. Uh, growing grapes in Wisconsin, so that's just your start, right? If you don't, you don't have the product that you got to have the raw material to get on there. But yeah, twenty-eight pages. I, I combed through that baby, and uh, I just thought I, I don't want to put up trellises and all this <laughs> other stuff. Say, like way retirement career for you, right? Way too, exactly, way too hard when we're going to do that. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, fascinating stuff by both those guys, mm-hmm. and um, the beauty is, right? If you have enough, you can totally forget you ever watched the episode. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of like trying to forget the Packer game, trying to forget it. Like I, I know I, where I was headed, right? Like the season yeah. is over, and so usually we have John Wisconsin. I thought, well, we did a top five, but my John Wisconsin right now would be, can I just tell you about some of those painful sports memories as a kid? Like, oh, is that man. too dark to go no, that way? I don't think so. We Memories are good. Some are so, good. Some are no, not so None of great, these, but, these are all haunting and terrible and nightmarish yeah. terror screams. You know, um, so I don't know if this means we have a bonus top five or if I just have a John Wisconsin where I get to just complain. Uh, but what? feel free to chip, chime in if I've missed anything. And I went through and I thought it can't be a top five list, Trevor, because I have like 20 horrible, so, terrible. What we're things. talking about here are bad losses by Wisconsin sports yes. teams that were not over yet. Right, which, by the way, doesn't even include my horrible Missouri fifth down and the kick six and all these other things that I had to live yeah, through. It's outside the border, yeah. We lost in Missouri once because some dude couldn't count to five. Not just some dude, all seven referees on the field, none of them decided to stop at four. Here, let's go with one more. So that's that, that'll never be. But uh, here's my collection of some Wisconsin ones, if you want to know. Okay. And so I don't know if these go... I tell you what, we'll make them five, but then I, you got to hear through some of these, um, some of my uh, honorable mentions. I'm sure I can rattle off five off my head too. We'll see how many we share. Go for it. Okay, uh, you won't share this one because one of the most painful was uh, at Lombardi um, Junior High at the time. Okay. Uh, the basketball team there, led by the great Todd Teske and Jim John uh, Jim Jansen and uh, Matt Sikowski and Jeff Hansen and Mike Mao and Rodney Bohm and Tom Rufchinski, of which Byron and I were both uh, managers on that team uh, because we couldn't play a lick. So <laughs> they had gone through all of junior high, 7th, 8th, and ninth, had not lost a game. And their very last game, they played against Franklin – and uh, the Franklin team, uh, they, they beat it. The news was out there, local news, and they lost the game. The Spartans lose the game. It was, one of, it was horrible. So they go, what, like 39-1, and one, and they lose the last one. So that's the, And all those kids, by the way, at Franklin, obviously then go to West High School. And in high school, they get coached by Steve Nault, who had been the great high school coach at Southwest through the Anderson brothers and Zakowskis, and he takes them down, and they make it all the way to the state semifinal. Very painful. Uh, would you believe like the Super Bowl loss, Super Bowl 32 to Denver doesn't even make my list? 
Yeah, I didn't make mine either as I was thinking about this, to be honest. Right. It was, we had just won one. Maybe that was just hanging out with us. Uh, this will not be on your list, but it's on my 1992 National Hockey Championships. UW should have won, got pounded 5-3 by Lake Superior State. You probably don't remember that, even though it's in your lifetime and you should. CHA, right? WCHA? Uh, this was for the National Championship. Lake Superior State, not a WCHA school, but yes. Right. Yeah, I tried. Uh, the Badgers tried. were. Good try there. Uh, you know, there were a couple of years. Well, the one year Russell Wilson was there, they lost two horrible games. Uh, mm-hmm. The Badgers did. What Kirk Cousins, that SOB. Um, by the way, see, if I had all the product we just discovered on that show, it would be a different name than the Not SOB. So rated, got it. Right? At the at the buzzer, nothing but triple zeros on the clock. He beat them at Michigan State. The next week they lost on a Hail Mary or whatever it was, a long pass with about 20 seconds left to Ohio State. So all these things are horrible in my life. Now here are the worst ones. Uh, 1981, Wisconsin-Iowa. The Hawks win 17-7. They end up in the Rose Bowl. Badgers had a chance to go to the Rose Bowl. 81. Wouldn't have had to wait till Barry Alvarez, the whole thing. Interesting. So that was horrible. Okay. Doesn't affect you at all. Good to see. Not a lot. Um, do you remember 20 years ago when they played the Eagles, Packers-Eagles? Is this 4th and 26? 4th and 26. Freddie uh... Mitchell, I'd like to thank my hands. Hey, Darren Sharper, why don't you take a little deep drop? You know, Bao Ju, he, he made the tackle and he wasn't his guy. That was terrible. Fourth and 26. You gave up fourth. They were the number Donovan one. Donovan McNabb? Donovan McNabb, fourth and 26 yeah. to Freddie Mitchell. Years later uh, at, a, at a Walter Camp Award dinner, I was there. Freddie was there because he'd been an All-American at UCLA. And uh, he and I chat and commiserate. I still I think I still have Freddie's name and my uh, uh, phone number uh, in my phone here. Uh, if per uh, per chance he's out of the Hooskow. Non-Wisconsin. Did, did a little time. Uh, number three, if this isn't on your list, then we're just going to cancel the show. Uh, the 2015 Final Four National Championship game, Duke yeah. beating us 68-63, right? I want it, it happened. The clock That's number struck three right. on my list. That's on your list? Yeah, it's on my list. Yeah, got to be on your list. Has to be. Terrible. Oh, it's uh, still for it. This one is fresh to me, but obviously it didn't happen. You never would know about it. Uh, so I'm at 1982. That was World before Series. you were born. 1982 World Series Game 7 when they lose to the Cardinals. I, I'm aware it was it's such the only crime. time. 1982. It was terrible. And then the next year, so they, they, they lose in 82. And then uh, the next year, I, you know, that's my senior year, fall of 82, 83, graduate. And then where do I go? University of Missouri and room with – Royals and Cardinal guys the rest of my Royals. college career. Did we get did we get shellacked in that or was it a good game? We don't want to talk about it. Damn it. <laughs> we don't want to talk about it. Uh and number one. What do you got? You gonna guess? We've talked about this before. Um 1978. Uh UWGB the Phoenix losing the national title game to Cheney okay. State. Down in yes, Spring. We have talked about that. Yep, lost 47 40. Huh? And they lost to Cheney State and sort of in a John, Wisconsin. Years later, when I was working here, John Cheney, at that time, Hall of Fame coach, right? He'd been inducted. He's he's coaching at Temple and had all this great success. And he's coming through for a car wash. And I go find him. And I said, you know, you, you're responsible for one of the most painful uh, memories of my childhood. And I said, I grew up in Green Bay. And when you were at Cheney State and, and won that game. And um, first, he was unbelievably gracious. And I think it was because he's like, wow, somebody knew I coached somewhere before Temple, even though I was still <laughs> in Philly and remember that game. And I just said, you know, that was 
little town I'm from, you have the Packers, but this team was great. And they had, and he was like, you know, then he told me, don't forget you played us the next year and, and beat us. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, right. And then still lost in the final. Uh, but it was just remarkable to see him because he was kind of old and cantankerous sometimes and see me. But when you chatted about something like that, it was sort of, uh, for lack of a better term, a little more intimate, a little more knowledgeable than just, hey, how'd you lose to UMass and yell at John Calipari? Um, he was great and couldn't have been, you know, he was just, he was kind of thrilled that somebody had remembered that even as I was still anguished. Um, and he could tell you most of the game and how they, you know, how they won. And he got mad at uh, Dave Buss because sometimes he taught his guys in the free throw line to act like they were going in. So it was just, it was a marvelous thing. And he was, he was unbelievably cool talking about it. Uh, but I'm still, you know, 78, you're 13 years old. How great is that? You know? I wouldn't, I would have been 12 because I wouldn't have turned 13, but that was big. Would have done that. Would have changed everything. Sonny Wicks's whole life would have been different if he'd have been that. Pretty good. By the way, shout out to our guest, Sonny Wicks, man. He's got him rolling. Absolutely killing it. Absolutely killing it. People show up, go to the games. Yeah. Get to the rush center. It's loud in there, man. And there's only probably 1,500, 1,800. Imagine if there was 3,000. Get him in. There you go. We will. There's not a lot to do in the winter. Go. There's a couple two tree on my list here that you, you didn't mention. Two or three? What do you got yeah, there? Your your game seven of the World Series is my yep. game seven of the NLCS. I would have loved to see them get to the World Series. Yep. I Clayton Kershaw and the Dodgers can go to hell. 2008 <laughs> NFC Championship. It was Favre's last game. I was there, cold as all get out. I had toe warmers mm-hmm. attached to my cheeks. It was stupid, <laughs> and I was I was and you right. had hair then, and you had yeah, hair probably yeah, and no beard. That was the worst part. All right, so. I was right in line, John, where Favre threw the interception. Like, he threw it. We were going south. We were going south on the field. Favre threw it, and uh, granted, he's 60 yards away, but the ball was coming right at me, and I saw, and I was like, because you saw it getting (laughs) You were not the intended receiver. No, I was not. Neither was the guy. Remember how the 4th and 26 game ended, right? No. So they make 4th and 26. They go down a couple plays later, kick a field goal, tie, go into overtime. Brett throws a pick, and then they go on to score. I think Brian Dawkins, Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer. I got Badgers Duke. By the way, the I'm going to call. I'm going to call Clayton Kershaw and tell him that you think he's a jerk. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and yeah, call him right now. I dare you. <laughs> hey, I know yeah, you're trying to figure out this whole free agent thing, but my guy thinks you're a jerk. Yeah. Yeah, all the best. Listen, if he shows up in a in a M and a B, no, nah, he can't. There's no way he's gonna. Uh, maybe two more here. The Packers Seattle NFC Championship game. I don't know what year it was, but it's the Boston yeah, that, Bumble. That was hard. That was hard. Yeah. yeah. What year was that? 2014 ish. Yeah, about. Is it been ten years ago? Yeah, it probably yeah, because they had a chance to go back, and that was another one. They, they had no business. They were going to get they were going to get stomped. Remember that they were going to the, the, the Seahawks, the mighty Seahawks. They'll never the Legion of Boom. They'll have no chance. And Brett played great, and then and then they didn't, and then the defense decided to let them score a touchdown, and then went to overtime and let them have another touchdown. It was yeah, our boy terrible. Russell Wilson gave us a little payback, and all you had to do is get one. out of the way. I think Seriously. wasn't it Jordy that would have been right there? Yeah, yep, his Here's job. Jordy. Mm. Good. We're good. I won't go off. All right. Last one. Game seven, NBA East finals. Big dog, Ray Allen, Sam Cassell. They're playing the Sixers. Mm. Yeah. I don't know the year, but I was young. I remember that. Like, I went to a lot of Bucks games when I was a kid. My grandparents lived in Milwaukee. They dropped me off and mm-hmm. picked me up. And 
that was a tough one, but not not nearly as bad as some of these other ones that we've yeah. mentioned. And I know that you have a list of fifty more, probably. I could like I'm, the Bucks lost a game seven for the NBA championship to the Celtics when I was a kid, but I was only what five six. I can remember watching it at my aunt's house in Montezuma, Iowa. Um, but I wasn't emotionally scarred enough then to know. You just you know like I wasn't quite. I wasn't one of those tearful kids right there uh, at the moment. I just like wow, oh, that's too bad. The Bucks could you know like I don't didn't fully grasp what was happening there at the time. Um, but you know what? I'll just, Hey, I'll just go put that back on my list for the next time we come through and visit these painful things. <laughs> the John you know? Wisconsin bad memories edition. See, it, not all memories are good. We have my to whole childhood was not, it was not all rainbows and unicorn. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's all I'm saying. I got, pain. Was, I got scars. If you could, you know, if I could see this, this heart got a lot of scar tissue, a lot of scars. You know, All right, we'll get over it. But, but here's why it hurts us, Trev, because you know, you and I, and most everybody that's watching this, it's because we're invested. Oh, we're invested. We're invested. And that's why it hurts, which is fine. I'd rather take it. You know, you, you got to give your heart. You got to give it. You got to give love to get love. And if you're going to lose a big game, at least you're in it. I mean, I so I texted my buddy Jason, who I guarantee you is going to see this. And I said, oh, man, nobody, this is after the, the Packers lost the other night. I said, ah, nobody expected us to be here anyway. And I know that's a thing. And he goes, I don't have time for this kumbaya shit. And I'm like, life's too short not to see I, the, the, the the sun. I don't when there's a chance to win. You know, if that thing's 30-21 and it goes back, you know. That's why I said, like, when they lost to Kaepernick out there and he ran over them, they ran for 370, he ran for 180. You're like, okay, there it is. That was a little different because you thought mm, they're pretty good. They might have a chance, but you were never there. This team, and again, they're they finished here ten and nine, <laughs> you know. So, yeah. but when you get there and you're close, and then the fella misses the field goal that could have made a difference. I don't know if I ever mentioned this. I I, I was worried about that guy, um, but yeah. So it, it, that that one will heal a lot easier than some of the others. You yeah. just hate in that moment. Like that's. Those are rare opportunities. It's just never guaranteed to try to get back there and go through that again. And each team is different. So, you know, but what a season it was, right? There was, there was just, that was some, that was a joyous end of that season. And they answer that they leave that season, despite the disappointment with all kinds of promise, you know, for next year. So let's I, just, and the only thing is get ready, people. They're going to draft a tackle. <laughs> we have to. They're just going to draft an offensive lineman. So I know you want somebody. We want somebody sexy, but we're going to get a big. That's it. We're going to get a big offensive lineman, and that because that's how the draft goes. Think we should draft the kicker? Well, we tried that, um, (laughs) so I don't know. But if they are, let's go for my guy at Mizzou. Go for Harrison Mevis to get the thicker kicker. (laughs) Thicker kicker. (laughs) That guy will. That will guy who wouldn't love a guy that can kick it from 61 and has 32% body fat. Bring my guy on to Wisconsin. He will fit in quite well. All right. For John, I am Trevor. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe and just share it. And by the way, with all of these, these bad memories, go ahead and post yours along with us. Yeah. Find Uh, the joy though, people find the joy. We're here, right? We are purveyor. We are purveyors of joy in the end. When all else fails, So people know that we empathize with what's happening. We're there. Yeah. We're still joyful. Yes. And when all else fails, grab a Miller Lite. And everything gets better. Yeah. And all thank right. Paul Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> he will. There he is. Show me his number, would you? Okay. Goodbye, Wisconsin, as you were. We'll see you next time.
Remember to subscribe on YouTube, leave a review, smash the like button, just get with us. The Inside Wisconsin Show is brought to you by American Family Insurance, Aaron's Company, Blaine's Farm and Fleet, Capital Credit Union, Festival Foods, Quick Trip, Miller Lite, North Star Mohican Casino Resort, and the University of Wisconsin Platteville. Shut up and sit down.